Hi, this is Pastor Austin from Connection Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our services, you can go to ConnectionNYC.com or check us out at ConnectionNYC on Instagram. Hope you enjoy it and hope to see you soon. Welcome to uh, Connection Church. Uh, Thank you guys for being here. We're so happy that you have come to worship with us this morning. Uh, Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Angela, for leading us in worship. Um, Yeah, so our church has been going through a series where we have been... (laughs) Siri turned on. (laughs) That's funny. Um, Yeah, we've been going through a series where uh, we're looking into prayer and we're kind of diving deeper into uh, what our prayer lives should look like and kind of the heart and the approach that we should take as we uh, engage an almighty God in conversation and what that looks like. Uh, And so we've been going through... We've seen a lot of examples of, of godly prayer in Scripture and each of these examples... Uh, we, we see some common themes, and, and we've been talking about uh, the acronym ACTS, which stands for Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. We've talked about how this is a, just a great structure for us to think about prayer in our lives, so that way we can make sure that we're approaching God with the uh, appropriate attitude, and we're approaching God with the appropriate mindset as we are, again, engaging Him in this heavenly, eternal conversation. So today we're going to look in uh, Colossians chapter 3. So if you guys would turn to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. We've gone through adoration and confession, and this morning we will go through Thanksgiving, what exactly it means, and and actually how the other aspects of prayer can lead us into Thanksgiving. So a couple of things that we've done uh, each time we've gone through uh, this different parts of the acronym is we've talked a little bit specifically about the definition of each of these words of adoration and confession. And uh, Thanksgiving, the definition is the expression of gratitude, especially to God. And I looked up the definition. It, it added that tagline, especially to God. And I, I love that it said it's the expression of gratitude. It's not the acknowledgement necessarily. It's not the thought process. It's not Uh, the meditation on, it's actually expressing gratitude, especially to God. And to be able to express gratitude in all circumstances, which Scripture calls us to do, we have to really focus on uh, the three areas that we'll learn about uh, today in Colossians chapter 3. Before we dive into Scripture, what I'd love to do is just take about 30 seconds to a minute of just a time in silence where we meditate on what we've learned the past couple of weeks. We meditate on Uh, just the work that God is doing in our life. And then I I will pray to end that time, and then we will jump into Colossians chapter 3. Lord, we are so grateful for this time that you've given us to just come together and, Lord, to study your word, to be in your presence, to be encouraged by one another, to be encouraged by you. God, I pray that you would just utilize this time, God, that it would be a transformative time in our hearts. God, that you would move in in ways that are inexplicable and that it would be an encouragement 
for us as we go out into our lives throughout the week, Lord, to carry you with us and to just watch you do incredible things in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Colossians chapter 3 is uh, it's part of a letter that Paul wrote to the Colossian church or the church at Colossae. And the letter is really, it's to combat false teachings that were circulating at the time. It was these false teachings that were distorting the church's practices and, and robbing the church really of its joy and gratitude. And so we might ask ourselves, okay, well, what does that have to do with prayer? What does that have to do with Thanksgiving? Uh, well, we will jump into uh, the chapter and break it down a little bit and kind of pull out exactly uh, the, the message that Paul is sending to the church and how it really just fits right in uh, with what we've been going over the last couple of weeks. So in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, Paul says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. In verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. In verse 9, do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Verse 11, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So Paul is really laying out this attitude that as Christians we should carry with us, these teachings that we should know to be true in our heart, regardless of what's going on in our lives. These are things that we should be able to reflect on and that should impact us, and things that eventually lead us to being thankful. In chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, he begins with a challenge to set our minds on things above. In other words, to focus on God. And if you remember, that's exactly what we said adoration was. Adoration was taking time to focus on God, to focus on the things above. And when we do that, we learn how to truly adore God. And then in verses 5 through 11, he talks about putting away our old selves. How else are we able to do this but through confession? So we see that through adoration and confession, it leads us into this moment where we are actually following God in the way that He's called. And when we're focusing on Him and focusing on the things that He's called us to do, we begin to become thankful for the ways that He's working in our life, regardless 
of our circumstances, right? We, we take off the old self and the old worry and the old focus, and we put on the new self with the new focus, which is on God. And we begin to see things through his lens, and we begin to see the work that he's doing in our life, even in the midst of things that are broken. And we become holy and beloved and, and compassion, and we have compassion, and we are kind and have humility and meekness and patience. We bear with one another, and if one has a complaint, we forgive one another because this is the way that God is working in our lives, and it causes us to be thankful. But without proper adoration and confession, we can't have the right perspective for thanksgiving. Without first adoration and confession, we can't place ourselves as broken humans in the right position to see God move in a way that causes pure thanksgiving, in a way that shows thanksgiving in the way that God has called us to, in the way that expresses gratitude in the way that God has called us to. But when we have the appropriate perspective, we can more easily see this day-to-day work and these day-to-day blessings that God gives us in our lives. And even more importantly, we can see God's restoration at work in our lives. I don't know if you guys remember. Well, I don't know. what. Of course you remember all of the points of all the sermons that I've preached the last several weeks. But I know especially last week, the last point we, we talked about was trust in God's reconciliation. And it's because of God's reconciliation that we can enjoy God's restoration. And so the first point today is if we're going to give thanks appropriately, we need to give thanks for God's restoration, which we see in action in these first 15 verses in chapter 3, where we see God taking the old self and, and just ripping that away from us through confession. And we see him blessing us with the new self and new perspective. And because of that, we are called to be thankful You see, when we choose to spend time with God and confess our sins, we're actually preparing ourselves to give thanks. We're actually putting ourselves in a posture that looks at God through a perspective and says, God, you are holy and I am not, and therefore my my natural desires and, and my natural perspective on things is broken, but yours is perfect. And so we spend time adoring God and confessing our sins. He puts us in this place of thanksgiving, and it's almost like zooming out on our life to get this bigger, better perspective. We become so focused on the details of day-to-day life and brokenness and frustrations that we start to lose sight of this larger overall picture of what God has done in our lives and the way that he is working in those broken parts of our life to cause an eternal blessing. It's almost like when you put like those really large puzzles together. I'm not a puzzle person. But every time I've ever put together like a really large puzzle for me is like 50 to 75 pieces. But for most people, it's like a thousand or more, right? And when you're putting those pieces together, the first thing that you do is if it's a jigsaw puzzle is you, you dump all the pieces out of the box and you start to like categorize them so that you can have a better idea of how they're going to fit together to make this overall picture. But if there's enough of them, Like I've seen people, my aunt, do like 10,000, 20,000 piece puzzles. And if there's enough of them just categorizing them into like the edge pieces and the non-edge pieces, that's not enough. You see, what she does and what a lot of people do is they'll prop the picture of the puzzle that's on the, the lid of the box. They'll prop it up and they'll look at it. And using that overall picture, they can pick up a singular piece and have a lot better idea of where exactly it fits inside the picture. So if I'm doing, for instance, a a puzzle that has a house, 
and a swing and a sky and grass and a sidewalk, if I pick up something that's green and looks like it's got blades on it, I can say, well, that's probably going to go on the ground, right? Or if I pick up something that's blue and has like a, a white fluffy piece, I'm like, you know, that's probably part of the sky. And when we spend time adoring God and confessing to God and he puts us in this posture and perspective and we see things through his lens, it's almost like he's giving us a little bit of access to the top of the box. He's letting us see just a little bit of the big picture so that when we're given these pieces in life, we don't have to be completely and utterly confused. And what's so great about this is our life is really like this million-piece puzzle that God is carefully placing together for His glory. When we adore God and confess, it's like He gives us a glimpse of that overall work. So not only do we better understand our life, we better understand the things that God is doing in and around the brokenness, in and around the frustration, in and around the mundane, in and around the day-to-day activities that we deem completely and utterly unimportant. God is using every single one of those moments to piece together the puzzle that is our life. And if all we do is spend time focusing on the individual puzzle pieces, we will never see the larger picture and we'll become frustrated and we'll become broken even more. We will become confused and discombobulated. But when we take that confusion and frustration to God, He puts us in a position to be able to give thanks, firstly for his restoration. In verse 16, as we move further in in chapter 3 of Colossians, uh, Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So Paul calls for our guidance to be the word of Christ. He challenges us to let Christ's word dwell in us richly so that we can teach and admonish, which means to to warn or reprimand, right, one another with wisdom. Not just humanly wisdom, not just something we read in a book, not just something we got from an article, not something we saw on TikTok. With eternal, God-like wisdom, we can give guidance. And so not only are we thankful, not only do we express gratitude for God's restoration, but we express gratitude. We give thanks for God's wisdom. We give thanks for his wisdom. He blesses us with this wisdom beyond our own comprehension so that we can better understand the trials and frustrations of life, so that we can better make sense of the world around us. Like we said earlier, he's, he's giving us access to the box, right? He's letting us see the bigger picture. He's giving us wisdom in these pieces so that we may not know how to piece the entire puzzle together because that's for God to do. We may not know how to work in our lives the way God does because that's for God to do, but we can at least start to categorize these puzzle pieces. We can at least start to focus beyond what is the exact action and look to the eternal Look to heavenly things the way that Paul has called us to do so that we can better understand why we're going through these individual trials. While most people are picking up these random puzzle pieces of their life with no context, searching for meaning and searching for purpose, God says, I give you meaning. I give you purpose. I walk with you. Look over here. Look at this box. Look at the box. 
right? This is, this is eventually, all this stuff right here that you're worried about in the here and in the now, just trust me because this is eventually what it's going to look like. I've already done it and I'm just working it out in your life right now. And by the way, the, the, the picture wasn't broken because of God. We broke the picture and we continually break it into more pieces and God's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. Just, just let me handle it. Just give me access. This is what I'm doing, right? Just bring it to me through adoration and confession. And when you do that, you'll be able to have the proper perspective to give thanks in the way that I've called you to give thanks. You'll have wisdom in these things so that you don't have to go through life with no context. You don't have to go through life living in a faith that has no examples of coming through. You don't have to go through life uh, wondering if I am good because I'm going to show you that I am good through these actions. It's hard when you're in the moment to really like believe in that and trust in that. It's hard when you're going through a difficult week to understand why certain things happen. And I'm sure that most of you have either thought the question or been asked the question, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? If God is real, then he must not be a good God because there are bad things happening all around us. That's just a little too hyper-focused on the detail because what God has told us, what God has promised us is that everything that's happened, all the brokenness that we have caused, not him, is going to be pieced together so perfectly that even though we broke the puzzle, we get to spend eternity with him. Even though it's our actions that are preventing the picture from coming together sooner rather than later, God is so perfect that he is going to piece that together so that we can be with him. And when we lose sight of that, we begin to become ungrateful for what God has done. We say, man, I really wish I would have got that raise at work. Or I, I really wish my kids would do any one thing that I say. I think I said that earlier to some of you. I really wish that you know, I was further along in my career. I really wish that I had a bigger apartment. I wish I had a better car. I wish I had these things. When we start to focus on what we don't have, we become ungrateful. But when we focus on God and what he's already given us, we can't help but become grateful and thankful and to have a posture of thanksgiving and express that because we've been given God's restoration in our lives and we've been given God's wisdom in our lives. In verse 17, Paul continues, and he says, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything. Not some things, not when you feel like it. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So our expression of gratitude should overflow in everything that we do. Whether we understand it or not, we should understand these principles that have been taught to us that God is restoring things in our life constantly, whether we see it or not. And if we take time to adore God and confess our sin, He will give us a glimpse in the way that He is working and He will give us wisdom and context so that we don't have to walk through life and wonder, where is God? Oftentimes, if we're wondering where is God, we should really ask ourselves the question, where are we? 
Are we on our knees in prayer? Are we in scripture? Are we searching to grow a relationship with the person who's putting the puzzle together for us? Or are we doing our own thing and just hoping that God will join in at some point? God gives us restoration. He gives us wisdom. And the thing that we should be most thankful for, if we're not thankful for anything else, we should be thankful and give thanksgiving for God's Son, Jesus. Right? And verse 17 says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father for him, obviously. But what does it say? Through him. It's because of Jesus that we even have access to God's restoration, that we even have access to God's wisdom, that we can even come into the presence of God and do this incorrectly. Jesus gives us that access. And so above everything, we give thanks to God's Son, Jesus. This expression shouldn't be limited to certain outcomes, moods, seasons, or possessions, because it's not about any of those things. We give thanks to God for providing in those areas. Of course, of course we do. But we can constantly and eternally give thanks to God for and through His Son, Jesus. Because of His sacrifice, God is working on our puzzle. His sacrifice makes it possible for us to be seen and engaged by an almighty, just God. So in all seasons, through every situation, in word or deed, we do everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And through him, we give thanks to an almighty God. Through Jesus, we give thanks to God for his restoration, for his wisdom, and most of all, for his son, Jesus. Let's pray. God, we are just humbled that you care for us the way that you do. Lord, that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us, Lord, to sacrifice himself and to defeat death. Lord, to do what no one else could do so that we can have a relationship with you. God, I pray that we would take time in our lives to focus on you. God, to adore you. God, that we would confess our brokenness and we would bring it to you and we would do that expectantly knowing that you have a desire to reconcile us back to you. God, we would trust in your reconciliation so that we can experience the goodness of your restoration. God, thank you for restoring what we have broken. God, thank you for giving us purpose. God, thank you for giving us wisdom. Lord, thank you for revealing things about yourself so that we don't have to walk through life just wondering who it is that you are and what your desires are. God, you've given us all those things through your word and you allow us to approach you in prayer. And God, I pray that we would do that the right way. 
God, that we wouldn't come to you doubting. We wouldn't come to you just asking for things that we want. But God, through adoration and confession, we would be put into the appropriate position, Lord, the appropriate posture to give you thanks, to give you gratitude, to express gratitude to you, Lord, through thanksgiving. God, move in our hearts, Lord. Draw us to you and and help us to focus on the things that you would have us to focus on. God, remove all the distractions. Remove all the doubts. God, let us move boldly and confidently forward in life, knowing that you are piecing everything together, God, for your glory. All we have to do is just give it to you. We pray these things, God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who once again, God, gave himself for us so that we can pray to you, Lord. We pray these things through his name. Amen.